0: is Bloomberg Surveillance. The markets have been impervious, really, to date during this unconventional election cycle. Look at what's happened to P&G, some amazing firms, some luxury brands in China. China's gone from being a dream for a lot of consumer companies to a real
1: problem all of a sudden. It's amazing to me that when Janet Yellen goes out and speaks, she
2: still gets questions about what would the Fed do if we went into a recession. Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on Bloomberg. Bloomberg Radio.
3: Good morning, everyone. Michael McKee and Tom Keene. Good morning to all the United Kingdom. Good morning as you celebrate the Queen's uh, birthday. Bloomberg surveillance this morning brought to you by Cone Resnick Accounting Tax Advisory. Cone Resnick will provide your business with the industry insight it needs to succeed in a dynamic economy. Sign up for insight. Find out how at ConeResnick.com. Michael, we've got to get right to 30 Minutes to Draghi. The interview of the day on the bet on Europe. Deutsche Bank just flat out says no. The consensus, Mike, help me here, has shifted to neutrality, stability, or even a strong euro. And Deutsche Bank just says no. We stay with a weaker euro call.
0: That is a call out this morning from George Cervales, Uh, He is with us now from Deutsche Bank. He's the co-head of uh, Forex Research. You put out a note just this morning, George, saying that you remain a stubborn bear on the euro.
1: Indeed. Good morning. Uh, So uh, the main thing we looked at uh, is basically where relative expectations lie between the Fed and the ECB. And uh, if you look at, at the Fed, you've had a, a very large repricing in terms of expectations. So at the start of the year, the market was looking for between two to three hikes. And now we're only uh, pricing one rate hike every 12 months. And we simply just don't believe that. Uh, we think the Fed will go at least once, uh, possibly twice uh, this year. And as a result, we think dollar strength is going to come back. How
0: quickly? How quickly?
1: It's a very valid question in terms of the timing. Uh, I think the earliest is June, uh, so uh, the Fed meets uh, next week. I think it's far too early. So we have pushed back uh, our expectations in terms of uh, how quickly we expect the euro to weaken. Uh, But from our perspective, uh, you need to assume that the U.S. is falling uh, into a recession, that the Fed hiking path uh, stops. to to change the broad view uh, on the dollar. So we've had a setback, but we're we're not giving up on the the positive U.S. view.
3: If you run the partial differential of the dynamics of any currency pair, there's always one weighted more. Is this about weak euro or is it about strong dollar? Uh,
1: It's a a great question. I think uh, it is more about a strong dollar at this stage because the ECB uh, will probably be on hold for a long time. Um, That being said, it's interesting because Japan, uh, obviously, the market's been repricing the extent of easing, and yet the the yen has been strengthening a lot more. And I think the key difference is the flow side. In Europe, you're still seeing very, very large outflows. Uh, In Japan, those are slowing down. So uh, the Fed and the dollar are a big part, but the flow picture is still very weak in Europe. And if you compare the euro to other currencies, it's actually underperforming quite substantially this year. It's one of the worst performers, uh, together with the dollar, of course.
0: There is a suggestion, though, that we're starting to see some improved economic performance in Europe that could uh, hold back uh, weakening.
1: So from our perspective, uh, better growth could counterintuitively be a negative uh, for the euro. The reason is if you look at portfolio flows, uh, the more growth – Improves, so does risk appetite, and you get more outflows. You get uh, Europeans become more risk positive. Uh, so, in that way, it behaves similarly to Japan. So, remember when we had Arbonomics growth picked up, uh, the yen started weakening a lot because the Japanese started buying more offshore assets. So, uh, so long as the ECB doesn't change uh, in terms of easing, uh, to me, positive growth is not a positive thing for the euro.
3: What will you listen for? From Mr. Draghi this morning He's going to come out with the usual statements So maybe they give us color on corporate uh, bond purchase fine What will you listen for at Deutsche Bank?
1: So three things Uh, The first one is commentary around negative rates So the market is pricing another uh, 10 basis point cuts over the next 12 months Does he push back on that? Does he say it's reasonable? Does he say they could do more? Uh, second thing is how comfortable does he feel with the euro up here? Uh, does he try to talk it down a bit? Does he say it's irrelevant? Um, and then the third thing, which is my favorite topic, is uh, helicopter money. We published a very large report on this yes, uh, last week. Uh, so does he call it a Ponzi scheme like uh, Mark Carney did, or does he look on it more favorably?
0: Does he need it? In other words, would he bring it up? Would he want to wade into that swamp
1: yet? Uh, I think he won't bring it up uh, if if he had uh, the choice, but uh, in the questions I suspect it will be one of the most popular topics well, and uh, it's a response that will be interesting.
3: Within your wonderful Primer Helicopters 101, define the jargon here. What is helicopter money?
1: Again, that's a great question because so many people have different interpretations and what we try to do is uh, really try and separate the different options so at one end uh we we call qe a form of helicopter money if it's coordinated with fiscal so if the central bank goes out and buys bonds but a government is issuing more to pay for fiscal expansion you could call that an indirect form of monetary financing that's one uh, the most conservative side uh, the least conservative the most aggressive side is if the central bank directly credits uh, bank accounts with free money Uh, To people and I'd call that the most uh, original form of of helicopter money.
3: Are you saying write out
1: checks to citizens? Exactly, Uh, basically credit just give people uh, money for free
0: Well, it has to be under the definition. It has to be coordinated the 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 European Central Bank is doing um, QE right now is are they doing a form of helicopter money?
1: Uh, Indirectly, I would say they are. And the the key conclusion from the paper is that uh, if you assume things move incrementally and depending on the shocks, uh, if you look at Europe, it's been moving incrementally throughout this crisis. So remember we started from the LTROs, moved to negative rates, uh, then of course QE. Uh, So the argument is that if you do get another big shock, uh, potentially a recession, it doesn't take that much of a leap of faith to move to the more aggressive forms where potentially the ECB is crediting cash to people's uh, bank accounts
0: now when you talk about crediting cash to people we have in the United States um, within the last decade a couple of times sent people checks and they put the money in the bank as a, uh, opposed to spending it so why would helicopter money if it's a sort of one-time uh, giveaway from the central bank or from the legislature on the fiscal side be any better than any other form of stimulus
1: so I think that this is the the key distinction, uh, which is, does the central bank do it or does the government do it? Uh, because if the government is doing it and people perceive it as a, a temporary event whereby debt to GDP rises, eventually tax will rise in the future, uh, people will save that because they expect for it to be taken back. But if it's done by a central bank, uh, it's perceived as a permanent increase. In the monetary supply, which doesn't impact the overall level of debt in the economy, then you would expect a higher propensity to to spend
0: now that that's a key distinction I think Tom it, This has got to be seen as a not not just cash in people's pockets but an increase in the money supply, right
1: exactly
3: I, I mean George, this is unconventional policy. What is the likelihood of any flavor? Of helicopter money or is it just a rhetorical stick of the media
1: I would say at this stage in terms of the next few months it's very unlikely because obviously they've just announced this big program uh, in Europe and growth is doing reasonably well uh, but if we try and look forward to the next two to three years, if we get a, a potential negative, big negative shock to the global economy, and we're not talking about a, a slowdown in growth, but an actual an outright recession, I think we'll be talking about uh, this concept uh, much, much quicker that, than people expect. Uh, George,
3: we're going to come back. George Stavridis with us uh, with uh, Deutsche Bank uh, this morning, several I get Stavridis. Who does this? Why you help me here? We booked Stravitas and Cerevelos together, and you expect me? You you do this just to ruin my act. I mean, Mike, it's it's just not fair. (laughs) Anyways, we'll come back with George Cerevelos of Deutsche Bank. Uh, and and talk here uh, further to prepare you for that important press conference. Mike, what are we doing? Are we taking all of the press conference? Are we going to do our headlines? Do we have a plan?
0: We're going to to listen in. Yeah, Yeah. we're going to listen in and see if he takes us in a direction that needs – um, further, further listening. Further listening. Yeah,
3: yeah. I, I, folks, I really agree with what we're doing here because McKee will give you better interpretation than anything you see. Top Live. For those of you with a Bloomberg terminal, can't say enough about Top Live. L-I-V-E. It is absolutely outstanding. Our full European government and economic team will be on board to give you deep insight on the nuances of Mr. Draghi's uh, press conference. Look for that as well. That's specifically to the Bloomberg uh, terminal. Futures churn up one. uh, Red on the screen for the Dow, but really floating around zero. Risk on. The two-year yield, forget about a .77, .80 on the two-year. The 10-year yield, 1.89%. Oil surging over the last three days, 44.27 on West Texas Intermediate Brent crew the european oil forty five ninety eight a real lift there uh, anastasia amoroso of jp morgan talking up the path to fifty dollars a barrel uh, some sort of normality after eighteen months that we have seen.
0: This news update brought to you by the Ethics Institute at Kent Place School in Summit, New Jersey, a center for research, resources, and practice for students and parents on 21st century ethical leadership. Holding events this spring, more at KentPlace.org. Here's Michael Barr with
1: news headlines. Mike, Tom, thank you very much. President Obama is scheduled to make a statement in a few minutes on his summit in Saudi Arabia with Arab leaders. It's believed fighting terrorism, fostering regional stability. And dealing with Iran were topics that were discussed at the Riyadh Summit. Brazil's president will leave the country in the hands of the vice president, who she accused of leading a coup against her. President Dilma Rousseff travels to New York today for a United Nations climate event. Rousseff's trip comes after the lower house voted in favor of her impeachment. The flame for South America's first Olympic Games was ignited today in the place where it all began, ancient Olympia in Greece. The flame lighting ceremony kicks off a 15-week journey that will end with the August 5th opening ceremony in Rio de Janeiro. Global News, 24 hours a day. I'm Michael Barr. Mike, Tom?
3: Michael Barr, thank you so much. Sterling, 144.29. Sterling, pound sterling, stronger this morning. Clearly the market's manipulated by the queen vigilantes. Bloomberg Surveillance.
0: Coming up at about 8.30 Wall Street time. Mario Draghi explains the ECB decision to stand pat. Will he give us hints about the future? You'll hear it here.
2: Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow, yeah, U.S. Stock Index futures higher on this busy day for earnings. Let's go to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. And here's Bill Maloney. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, Karen. U.S. futures remain quiet as companies continue to report. Dow futures currently higher by nine points. Sesapes gained two and a half. And Nasdaq futures rise by four. U.S. 10 yield at 1.87%. On the U.S. economic front at 830, Chicago Fed initial jobs claims and Philly Fed at 9 o'clock house price index, At 10 o'clock leading index, and at 10.30 natural gas storage change. Regarding those earnings after the Bell Last 9 American Express beat, Las Vegas Sands missed, Qualcomm CEO signal potential iPhone share loss, and United Continental Q&EPS beat. Some of the earnings highlights today, Stanley Black & Decker boosted year forecast, Southwest Airlines, DST Systems, GM Under Armour, and Pulte Group beat, Verizon said there will be pressure on Q2 earnings, Travelers missed, and Biogen and Union pacific earnings were mixed. Finally, some of your wall Street upgrades and downgrades. CA raised to neutral at Credit Suisse. Comerica raised to neutral at Bank of America. ConocoPhillips cut to underperform at Jefferies. Las Vegas Sands cut to neutral at J.P. Morgan. And Aflac cut to market perform over at Raymond James. Live from the First Breaking News Desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen. Uh, All right, thanks, Bill. To hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg Type Squawk Go on your terminal, that's S Q U A W K Go. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike.
3: Karen, uh, thanks so much. Bloomberg Surveillance this morning brought to you by Investgo. Investing isn't about meeting benchmarks; it's about achieving. Goals. Find out how Invesco's high-conviction approach can help. Visit Invesco.com slash high-conviction. Before we get back to George Savarellas of uh, Deutsche Bank, uh, John Tucker, help us out here. Help me with my map. John Carney, always interesting, out with an incredibly important voting analysis, hours, days, I say, after the the Republican primary. Park Slope, Gowanus, Brooklyn, AD 52 and ED 77. Here are the votes. Donald Trump, one. <laughs> Ted Cruz, zero. John Kasich, zero. There was one Republican vote. Would you please tell our global audience about Park Slope and Gowanus?
0: Uh, Park Slope is not known for its uh, Republican stronghold nor is Gowanus. This so. is this is across <laughs> the East River, right? A, I think that's kind of obvious. <laughs> the, the you probably won't see a lot of campaigning there. <laughs> okay, well,
3: there we go. With your political update, Michael McKee, why don't you bring back George with really an important call on strong dollar, weak euro as we go to
0: Mario Draghi in 10 minutes. And he's very interested in what Mario Draghi might have to say about helicopter money. The uh, bank is already doing negative interest rates. Helicopter money would be perhaps the next step. I'm wondering... Uh, what you think of negative interest rates and in comparison, George, to helicopter money, a lot of people criticizing negative rates now.
1: Sure. So I think helicopter money would be uh, much more powerful. One of the main uh, criticisms of negative rates has been the, the impact on bank profitability because banks can't cut uh, deposit rates, um, and as such, their profit margins get hit. Uh, but the beauty of helicopter money is uh, all you do is you, you literally print money and give it to people, and that, that should just raise spending. So in an environment where rates are zero, uh, it's, it's the natural next step. Uh, To do, and it's unlimited because central banks have an infinite balance
3: sheet. You at Deutsche Bank have such a research capability and heritage uh, with with, uh, not only uh, Peter Hooper but uh, Peter Garber and and others over the years, Michael Dooley. What happens with more negative rates? The word I use is quadratic, it's a squared function. More things happen, deeper things happen. Do you agree with that, that the more negative rates we experiment with, the more interesting outcomes happen?
1: I completely agree, and that's exactly what we saw uh, in Japan earlier earlier this year, where we obviously got the exact opposite effect uh, with, with what we expected. And I think it, mostly the issue goes back to the impact on the banking sector and profitability, because if the banks become risk-averse, if they uh, become scared of negative rates, uh, then you could actually end up with lending contracting uh, rather than increasing. Uh, and I think it's, it's really the, the banks. Uh, side, the bank channel, that's the most important, which Draghi paid attention to in the last press conference. He, he cited concerns around bank profitability.
0: Would you keep negative rates in place and do helicopter money or replace one with the other?
1: Uh, in an ideal world, I'd, I'd replace one with another. Uh, I don't think we'd need negative rates uh, if we had the op- if central banks had the option of uh, crediting money to people. Um, at the end of the day, you can see it as a form of interest, but rather than uh, rewarding hold- holding people, uh, the holdings of cash, uh, you, it, it's a more equitable form of interest. You, you right. pay people for every unit of themselves.
3: George, I'm going to be very delicate here with great respect for your um, compliance issues. There's a lot written, not about Deutsche Bank or Commerce Bank, but the medium and the smaller German banks as well. If you state to us that more negative rates or existing negative rates or chronic negative rates have some form of banking channel function, what are you observing in your Germany in terms of what that banking channel does to the people, the savers, the retirees, Of Germany, is there a direct follow on from Banking Channel to Savers?
1: I, the best thing I can cite is the ECB bank lending survey that was released, and, and there they explicitly asked uh, banks around uh, the, the question of how QE and negative rates is impacting profitability. And interestingly, uh, for the first time, banks highlighted it as, as a constraint uh, to, to profitability. Uh, obviously, if you're a saver, then uh, negative rates hurt, you, hurt your returns uh, as well. So I think the evidence is certainly starting to, to show up.
0: Are we seeing any evidence that people are holding cash instead?
1: Uh, We aren't, actually. So you're not really seeing a big withdrawal of uh, of cash from the banking system, whether you look at the banknotes that are being circulated in Europe or even places like uh, Switzerland. Uh, But I think uh, that's part of the issue why bank profitability is being hurt, precisely because banks can't cut interest rates to negative, pass them on to depositors. Uh, Yet their asset side, as in the bonds they own, yields drop. That's why the profitability is dropping.
3: George, thank you so much. Greatly appreciate it. George Cervales with Deutsche Bank with important research. And uh, really, Mike, I'm going to suggest what has become an outlier call, a strong dollar, weak euro.
0: I mean, that was fascinating. Well, the euro not going in George's direction right now.
3: Yeah. What preparation for this press conference, Mike? Uh, why is this press conference different than Janet Yellen's? Quickly.
0: Well, he does one every meeting, and uh, also he talks much more about what they might do in the future. Yeah, uses it more of a signaling event.
3: It's not nearly as measured like where Chair Yellen will go. McKee, why did he, why did Michelle? Why did McKee ask that question? Yeah. This is Bloomberg surveillance.
0: Coming up, the With All Due Respect highlight brought to you by Land Rover. If it's in your nature to cast off the everyday and seek adventure, the Discovery Sport was built to help your search. Visit LandRoverTriState.com or call 1-800-FIND-4WD for details. Land Rover, above and beyond.